Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to episode 385 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. I'm recovering from the joys that is <laughs> many events back to back across a single bank holiday weekend. <laughs> yes, yes. And being ill, which is it's an extra like level of joy to go on top of that. Yeah, much as I talk about playing games on easy mode and how they're great for accessibility and disabilities and things, apparently I like to play life on hard mode. <laughs> yes. It has been a bit of a hectic weekend, uh, so if if this is a bit less energetic than maybe it usually is, that'll be what. Take pity on us. Because <laughs> yeah. I've just come back off three days at MCM, which were wonderful, but I'm completely drained. And you did one day at MCM, but I've been doing a bunch of other stuff as well. So what have you been up to? Yeah, I did the Barclays Game Frenzy on the Thursday. I did MCM uh, on the Friday. I collapsed on the Saturday <laughs> and then was back on Sunday. So I've done a, a, a reasonable amount of things in a short space of time, which included a lot of talking, as you can probably hear with my already failing voice. Yes, I could certainly tell. You're getting over what tonsillitis as well. So <laughs> fun. <Yeah. laughs> the joys of tonsillitis. Yeah, not contagious, just there to destroy me. Yes, excellent amount of fun. So let's start with MCM, I guess, because uh, you were down there on the Friday. A- anything particular catch your eye? Well, as you were ordering red? I was mostly going around trying to sort of say hello to everyone and catch <laughs> up with everyone and see who was there. I noticed that the Comic Village and the Artist Alley type areas, that those were really well laid out this time. Mm-hmm. I saw that they had individual booths with a lot more space behind them than they normally have. I know there's been a lot of talk about the costs for stands and things going yeah. up at these events. And it was really good to see that they had, you know, got more for their, more bang for their buck when they were, we're getting these booths because they're now so much more spacious and larger and better laid out. So it was really nice to see like how many different indie comics and artists and things were being represented and lovely to say hello to everybody there. There was a really good range of stalls. I noticed it seemed to be really evenly divided between different types of merch, the big name brands, the smaller indie brands selling merch, secondhand stuff, new stuff, lots of different things were going on so it seemed like it was a, a really nice mix yeah there was a really varied amount of stuff i think this time around like you say there were, there were things that were sort of triple a games were there quite a lot of indie game stuff as well as the sort of comic book stuff and all the other kind of general geeky stuff a lot of anime bits and pieces the may show they're focusing a bit more on the kind of anime animation voice stuff than they are in the one later in the year they've made a distinct choice in terms of the guests and the people that they're aiming those shows at they've made the may one a slightly sort of different setup to the later one in the year which is what october i think the other one is the October one is more film and TV focused whereas this one is a bit more sort of anime and that sort of stuff focused and I think that is reflected in the stuff that's there in terms of merchandise as well but there were things 
there was a drawing pad thing which I was playing around with quite a lot, which was beautiful. But it was it was eighteen hundred quid, but it was you know. But if you're a professional artist, that's actually not a particularly bad price. And I I spent quite a long time just messing around drawing stuff on that. So you've got big things like that there, as well as people selling Viking horn goblets and stuff like that. <laughs> it's this really kind of wide range of things. Did you see any of the panels, or was it literally just sort of running around looking at the merch and stuff? I didn't get to see a huge amount of the panels. Um, I did stop and listen to some of the ones on the side stages because they had a large amount of stages and areas for talks this time as well. Like yeah. I was really pleased to see it wasn't just the main stage with all of the incredible like top name guests that they have. They also had a variety of smaller stages with creator-led content going on as well. So it got to see that my mother there, they were doing different panels. They did one on diversity and things in the gaming industry. They also did another one that was looking at comic books and narrative storytelling and things. So I saw a couple of the things they were putting together. So there was a good wide range of things that I kind of went past. I, I listened to a little bit of some prop creators talking about how to get into cosplay and giving tips and practical advice. So there was lots of things you could just kind of stop and listen to as you were wandering around, as well as the big things on the main stage that you needed to queue up for. Yeah, that was a good point with this one. There, there were, I mean, there was what, four or five stages, I think, because there's the live stage, which they actually live stream that online. So uh, there are guests across the board that come up and they do things on that. There's obviously the main stage where they hold the big exclusives and all that sort of stuff and the larger guests. There was center stage, which was doing some smaller things. Again, that's a sort of variety of stuff, as well as these other sort of like the creator stages and that sort of thing. The fringe stage, which I don't know if you even spotted, because they'd actually put the fringe stage in the bit where you actually enter, which was a little weird. From talking to people, I don't think it was actually planned to be there. It was supposed no, it to, was be supposed outside. to be outside. Yeah, and they had to change it. They put up a big notice saying they'd have to change it, but I couldn't figure out where it was inside. But that'll be because I didn't come through that entrance. I came in the other way ah. uh, because I kind of just went. I went to the bit where you normally pick up the press passes. Yes. And the office wasn't there. And I asked them confused and I got directed around a few different places. Yes. Um, so I think I only went into the venue via a different entrance. That's why I missed it. Right. Yeah. Because they'd altered the incoming and outgoing. Because uh, mm. you know, the, the bit where you usually go in through the front door, they were using as an exit and they were sending everybody sort of slightly off to one of the side rooms and funneling most people through that and the fringe stage was wedged up in a corner. It was supposed to be outside. It wasn't. That isn't the fault of Reed Pop. That, that's all I'll say. <laughs> but there were a number of things that were in that room inside that were supposed to be outside. I don't know how much people actually saw of the stuff that was on the fringe stage because it's such a shame that wasn't outside, actually, because it was a beautiful yeah, it was a day. lovely day. I'm assuming it was down to something to do with stage setup or health and safety, but they did put up a number of social media a post saying we have had to move this for reasons outside of our control and they did try to signpost it as much as possible i'm just rubbish at directions and, and hadn't been in that particular area <laughs> yeah so, yeah they tend to do a lot of um uh, you know they have dancers and stuff on there and music artists and that sort of thing which is fine apart from the fact that where they had put it was the other side of the wall to the main stage so there were occasions on the main stage where you got this really heavy bass going of like on the fringe stage and it was kind of bleeding through which was a bit of a shame but there was all that sort of stuff going on there it's just a shame that it wasn't outside in the sunshine because it was beautiful all weekend i mean the saturday was insane i've never even sort of pre-covid i don't remember it ever being that busy like you walked out onto the steps and looked down and that there's a big grass area if you've never been to the xl there's a sort of huge run of steps that run up to the xl and there's a big grass area out the front and uh, the cosplayers and stuff tend to sort of congregate down there and usually you go outside when inside gets a bit sort of claustrophobic because there's so many people in there usually you think oh, i'll go outside a bit of fresh air you know a bit more space 
you walked outside on Saturday, you could barely move. It was just like you couldn't see the grass in the grass area and it was just back to back people. It was insane. I've never seen it that busy. They obviously had sold all the tickets, I think, at that point. But it was really impressive. Some of the cosplay I thought was superb as well. I don't know whether anything popped up for you. I really liked the cosplay of the Excel Center that you managed to have a photo <laughs> yes. of. That was, yeah. that the, was up there as a as one I was not expecting to see. That was very cool. Yeah, every con there is one cosplayer who does some wonderfully silly cosplay. Uh, like the first time I think I went to that, there was somebody cosplaying as Optimus Amazon Prime, which was sort of an Optimus Prime outfit made out of cardboard boxes. And ever since then, I've kind of seen one of those really off-the-wall weird cosplays. And there's always one that just really sticks out for me. And this year, it was somebody that had come along cosplaying as the actual Excel Center, which was just genius. So yes, that was it's probably perfect. perfect. It's, it's yeah. the cosplay we needed. There's a <laughs> couple of the big anime events that we get in the UK, and people sometimes go cosplaying as the really dated carpets in the hotel. <laughs> and you get photos of people lying on the carpet, <laughs> blending in with it in a very kind of solid snake, but 80s carpet kind of sneak way. That's brilliant. I like that. There was some great cosplay out there and a lot of lot of people, you sort of standard stuff of like loads of Harley Quinns of various varieties. That's the one good thing about Harley Quinn these days is there's so many different variants of that character that, you know, you can get hundreds of different costumes and never see the same one twice. Saw some great Star Wars cosplays. These are going up on our Instagram as well. So there was there was that sort of stuff. There was a bunch of sad looking people in Red Hood outfits because uh, Corin Walters, who was supposed to be there, cancelled the day before, who of course plays Red Hood on the Titans TV series. Clearly some people that had gone, like had done their co- their Red Hood cosplays specifically, I think, to be able to go and meet him. And yeah, then he had to cancel, unfortunately. Do you have your Red Hood cosplay with you? I didn't take mine with me, no. I've not used it the last couple of times just because it's... It's it's too popular now. You only like doing it when it was yeah. hipster. <laughs> yeah, when it was... Yes, it's, I'm too cool for it now. But yes, <laughs> it's, um, it's just carrying all that stuff around when I'm trying to kind of run backwards and forwards to things and that sort of stuff. So there was that sort of stuff. There was... Uh, there was an older couple that was cosplaying in Warhammer, traditional fantasy Warhammer stuff, which was just brilliant because it's it's so rare that you see older cosplayers particularly doing that sort of cosplay, you know, because it was mm-hmm. really elaborate, like full-blown Warhammer cosplay. And that was fantastic. Lots and lots of good stuff. There will be cosplay photos and cosplay edits going up on the Instagram. Uh, the, the XL one, if you want to see it, I have already posted on uh, Instagram, which is Geek Time UK, so you can go and check that out. But there it's are some too, too good not to immediately share. Yeah, just brilliant. That I really, really love it. There's lots of stuff going up in the next sort of week or so. There'll be more and more of those cosplay photos going up. Yeah, I think of the things that I saw that I desperately wanted. I saw that the Sandwich Masters game, I've interviewed them before. Oh, I- yeah. From uh, Big Punch Studio, uh, they also make card games and things now, as well as their their comic books. And they, they've got like a cool, like like a mouse pad style pad for it now, <laughs> so you can have like a play a play pad that has all the things on it. So that was really really cool. Sandwich Masters is brilliant fun. Um, yes. If you want to to build creative, ridiculous, possibly slightly poisoned sandwiches uh, <laughs> as a card building competitive game, very simple, very very fun. And it was cool to see that they had some. New things and some upgrades and stuff for that. I also saw a giant Optimus Prime. Oh wow! Which was the Agora models kit, and they're releasing that as like one of those, you know, like you get a magazine each month, styling. Oh yeah, somebody mentioned this. Said it was really awesome. Somebody else had spotted yeah, that. I didn't see it myself. It's but, like yeah. that when you get a bit every month. You subscribe for like twelve months or whatever, and you get a bit. But you it's a it, complete yeah. metal kit that you have to bend oh, and awesome. do a little bit of soldering for electronics with and it's huge <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous it, it it's it, i i'm kind of making a motion with my hands as i try to figure <laughs> out about approximately like i don't know i guess the entirety of my torso at least wow. um as a very inaccurate doesn't help anyone listening whatsoever measure of uh, size <laughs> and it had an optional like extra large base as well and it lit up you could open optimus's chest cavity and and had 
the all spark and stuff in there like it was amazing and i was just like i wanted that immediately <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's many hundreds of pieces and over 12 months is not the cheapest thing however no. it is also one of the largest optimus prime models with a vast amount of articulation made from solid metal that you're you're ever going to see it was really really nicely done so there was that uh also i reconnected with the lovely people at demon hunter bricks oh, i don't okay. know if you've seen don't them know. Uh, they make lego so he uses genuine lego parts and he designs his own kits so you can buy his kits and they're all based on different lightsabers and phasers oh, and yes. guns and things from movies and games yes i have seen them i, I didn't actually see them here i think they were at wales and ah. i spotted them at wales uh but yeah they're fantastic those kits they're so good they're so to scale and they're so accurate and he's like expanded his range massively since i last saw them at one of the events so you can get everything from han solo's dl44 like heavy blaster through to various different versions of everyone's lightsabers the stormtrooper blasters you've got like frodo's sting sword from lord of the rings you've got loads of different kits um yeah and he sells sells all the kits so you can make them yourself and they are they are so accurate yeah they're really nice i keep meaning to get one <laughs> yeah i see it every time oh they've got sonic screwdrivers as well now. yes they have i saw them Loads. last time yeah i was blown away by those when i saw them at wales they are really impressive definitely on my must buy list it's like who doesn't need a master sword but made of lego yes that you got to build yourself you know absolutely no i'm very much with you on that they were really awesome i didn't get that much time to sort of wander around stands and stuff but there were some great things there was um the park beyond which is an indie video game it's a theme park oh yeah i builder. took a quick look at that yeah i was like that's kind of in our area isn't it yes very much so and they were insomnia as well and they've got a closed beta thing running so i've played around with it a bit home as well but that's a really really good fun sort of if you like the things like you know planet coaster and that sort of stuff i really really like what they've done with that because there's sort of there's a really nice graphic style it's kind of got a sort of bit of the silliness of the two-point games the two-point hospital mm. two-point campus games mixed in with the planet coaster coaster stuff so it's zanier than the planet coaster stuff but it's you know has that sort of narrative thing and the sort of jokiness of the two-point stuff that i really like the look of i think it's being released next month sometime it's got a free build mode as well which yes. i always really like because sometimes i don't want to seriously play these games i just want to make something preposterous yes and i really enjoyed that with the evil genius series evil genius 2 i've messed around in there free play one where you just get access to everything just build something just for fun you know yeah and uh, they have that mode for this as well and uh, i always think that's a, a really good addition to just be like hey have just the thing where you can just sandbox and just make the whole thing but it, it looks like a t-rex from above you know just because you can <laughs> yeah and i think that's a really good way of just letting people be creative and play things more casually as well as having the the sort of full storyline sort of experience as well yeah it's really good that as i say i played around with it a bit at home and been really quite enjoying messing about with that so i'm looking forward to that actually coming out on a release in terms of the panels that we covered there are videos video clips there will be sort of short video clips that will be stitched together sort of going up onto the uh, youtube channel but they did a really interesting panel for star trek strange new worlds which was rebecca rummagen ethan peck silly rose gooding and melissa navia that's uh, number one spock ahura and ortegas but none of them were there in person, but it wasn't like a video chat live. They actually had, you know, the sort of ABBA hologram thing that they've been yeah, selling I mean, at the I'm going to step in and say Miku did it first. Okay? Well, yes, yes. Okay, yes, that <laughs> before, is true. Before ABBA used to utilize the technology, it yeah. has been used previously. But yeah, it is the projection onto a pane of glass yes. style holograms, which work really well and have a reasonable viewing angle on them as well. And I've been to a whole concerts that have been put together that way for the things like Hatsune Miku, who is a virtual Vocaloid idol, yes. um, who is completely animated. And it works 
really well. Like you have to kind of remind yourself occasionally and sort of look and kind of go, actually, yeah, that I can see that's on a pane of glass because it does sell the illusion mm-hmm. really nicely. And they work at quite a, a distance from the stage as well and are still yeah. very clear. I was really, really impressed with how that worked because they had uh, Alex Zane hosting that panel who was sat on the stage and then they had two of them were in LA and two of them were in New York. And they so they used it as an excuse to basically beam them in. Obviously, because you know, you have to. You, I, I mean, if they did, it would have been yeah. criminal, right? They had them in, but. It was the way that they got it set up. There were four of them in a row sat on stools and they'd clearly set up whatever sort of monitoring in the green screen room that they were sat in. They'd set the monitors up in the correct place. So if one of them was talking, the others would be looking towards them. So if, if the person on the on the sort of left was talking, the people on the right of them would be looking, would look across left mm. to sort of like whilst they were listening. With that worked really, really well. And it was the same, like they could actually, they had camera feeds as well. So when they did a Q&A session, so people were coming up and asking questions and they were looking at the right and the left side where they got people lined up. You know, I mean, it was like them being there. It was really well put together. Mm. Very, very impressed how they managed to sort of get that. And they get the angles right. And yeah, I mean, really good. We have got some video footage of that. So that will go up as a panel onto the uh, YouTube channel. There was also a Pokemon panel, which was a Pokemon reunion panel. It's the first time in 25 years that four of them had actually been in the same room together on a panel. So it was Jay Goad, I think his name is, uh, who does um, Mewtwo? Mewtwo? Mewtwo. Mewtwo. There we go. You were so close. Veronica Taylor, who plays Ash, Rachel Lillis, who is Misty, and Eric Stewart, who is Brock. So it was the the four of them, and they've never done a panel with the four of them before. So if you're a Pokemon fan, that should be really good. There'll be clips of that going up onto YouTube as well. That was sort of a 25th anniversary one. We also have a press panel interview with Veronica Taylor as well. So that's sort of a separate thing. And that's the whole interview will go up in one go for that. So that's a 15 minute interview specifically with, with Veronica. Yeah, because Veronica's done so many things. Yes. Like she's iconic. You start listening to sort of like the other things she's done because she's not just Ash. She's Ash's mum as well isn't she in Pokemon yeah I, she voiced the mother as well she's done like a bunch of Sailor Moon voices and yeah. One Piece and things she is a lot of different voices Rachel Lillis is, has got a lot of different voices as well and Eric does a bunch of different voices so they're all a whole variety of things but Veronica was lovely and, and was kind of quite happy to come and sit in the press room and talk to us so uh, yeah we've got an interview with her as well there was an Our Flag Means Death panel which was Con O'Neill Nathan Fode and and Christian Nan, who uh, that's his E Hans, Lucius, and Wee John. Those are the three characters they play. Uh, that that do you ever actually caught our flag means death? Because it is a wonderfully fun show. It was one of those ones that I intended to watch, partly on your recommendation, and have not gotten around to uh, <laughs> because I've been on my endless re-watching cycles uh, which we yes. can get into after we've finished your list yes that's great though uh, I, uh, there is a lot of swearing in that panel mainly from Con um, <laughs> uh, particularly when uh, get, he does get political at one point but yes that's there will be clips going up of that uh, and because that was brilliant that panel and um, if you've not seen Our Flag Means Death it is a, a wonderful show it's on BBC iPlayer actually so you can go and check that out and they did a panel which was um, Harvey Gillian, who is from What We Do in the Shadows. And it was supposed to just be him. And then towards the end of the panel, when they started doing the Q&As, they brought out Kay Van Novak as well, who is the guy that plays his master on the show, Nandor. So it ended up with the pair of them. And uh, they were wonderful. Been funny, entertaining, really, really great panel as well for that. So there are clips of those going up as well. So those are the four panels, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Pokemon, Our Flag means death and what we do in the shadows so uh, keep an eye on the youtube channel for those anything else from comic con particularly no because i sadly wasn't quite capable of coping with the whole thing this time (laughs) i feel like i missed out on some things um but yeah it was just a a really lovely atmosphere and a beautiful sunny weekend for it so it was yeah just good to see Comic-Con is definitely back to full strength now. Oh yes, very much so. And I know MCM has put the entry tickets up a little bit from what they were previously, 
But even so, if you're going to go down for the day, it is worthwhile. You can have a wonderful day out, wander around for the day, probably still not see everything on it. I would say if you don't like crowds that much, go on Friday or Sunday if you can, because I mean, Saturday was insanely packed. It was completely sold out on Saturday. And yeah. as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm still slightly too ill to, <laughs> yes. to be doing that. As I say, I've never seen it quite that packed, even pre-COVID it was mental but yeah I mean even though the entry prices have gone up a little bit it is still a really worthwhile day out and they have I think don't know exactly what but I've been told they've got some fairly big things planned for the Octobercon as well and as I say the Octobercon tends to be slightly bigger guests and a lot more exclusives and premiere stuff and that sort of thing and a lot more TV and film stuff so keep an eye out for the con in October it will be immense I'm sure outside of Comic Con what else have you been up to? Well for the last three weeks I've been doing very little because I am ill so that's um, not been very fun whatsoever i have been going slowly stir crazy as being ill is extremely boring at least i can speak again now though yes which is, which is uh, good good for me bad for everyone else <laughs> but good for me um but i've been for for a lot of this year i've actually been on a lot of a re-watching kind of binge i've wanted to watch a lot of comfort tv and re-watch yeah. things so I've been through rewatching all of Avatar The Last Airbender. I've been I rewatched all of Deep Space Nine. Yes, I remember I you also- mentioned those. Yes. Rewatched all of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> wow. I had forgotten how the end felt like that someone had just forgotten to press record any further past a certain point, you know? <laughs> They're just kind of like the end, and you're like, wait, what? We don't get any closure on this, 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 this. Yeah. Um, so still enjoy the series, but yeah, just just the ending really felt like someone just went, I want to go home now. Please just finish the episode. <laughs> Very strange because they knew that that was the final episode way in advance. It, it wasn't yeah. like they got axed or anything. And it really feels like it's missing an extra 20 minutes or so of sort of nicely Rapping. concluding, yeah. reuniting people that have been saying for so many seasons that they want to reunite with their family and friends and things. And they just sort of went, nah, no one wants to see that. So, yes. so that was kind of fun to sort of remember how just abruptly it ends. I, Because I, I, I've been ill, I was like, wait, did I just fall asleep for a minute? Nope, that was that was actually <laughs> the end. I've also been, I've just started re-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, wow. Yes. So right the way back, rewind all the way back to season one. And it's interesting to see how some episodes really hold up, how some of them you can see what it was aiming for, but it's not there yet. Mm -hmm. And how incredibly dated some bits look. I've just watched the one with the demon in the internet. Oh, yes. And uh, Giles obviously does not like the internet. He's a library person. He likes books and, and things. And But watching characters who are young and hip like Buffy, she's 16, she's cool, she's into modern technology, she does computer science classes at school, having her go and ask people. So if I wanted to know where someone had sent one of these e-letters from, how could I find <laughs> out where their computer is or or who they really are? Do, do they write a profile for themselves on on the interweb it is like, <laughs> and some of the the language and the, the technology because you kind of like you know it's it's a 90s thing and um obviously the movie that it started with came out before then so for a lot of the time you can just suspend disbelief i think it's think when things are technology that are so innocuous and and part of everyday life now are being described as strange and newfangled and the terminology (laughs) isn't quite down yet yeah yeah. um yeah like they go and just try and delete all of willow's files by just looking for a folder called willow on a machine that's connected (laughs) to a modem and they mention they're all modem together and i'm like but her files appear to be on the desktop of this random (laughs) machine in the library that's not really how that works yes Um, and that's been quite fun. But some of the episodes kind of narratively and, and character wise, like they do, they do hold up pretty well. Like yeah. I've, I've been quite pleasantly surprised to see, although, you know, a lot of it's very cheesy. They That's completely intentional. You know, I rewatched also the unaired pilot version of the first episode as well. Oh, yes, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, there's uh, a different has, Willow. Yes. It's, there's a couple of people different. The headmaster's different as well. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And there's a few scenes I really like in the pilot that didn't make it into the first episode that I'm still sad about. There's a, there's a demon who dies and does a bit of a, oh, oh no, kind of thing. And mm. um, there's a, a fight that happens below a stage, like they've fallen down. And right. the, the vampire kind of leans up and sort of like, you think you could defeat me? And then he feels his foot get grabbed and he's getting pulled. And he's like, hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then gets dusted off cam. And yeah. I, they did a few off camera things that worked really well in the, in, in the pilot. It's been quite fun to kind of go because I haven't, watched any early Buffy sort of probably since uni I yeah, would yeah. think like I had friends who were obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer it was endlessly being rewatched at that point but yeah I haven't gone back and watched it probably because they completely overplayed it at me when I was a teenager yes. and <laughs> since, since then so that's that's proving to be quite good fun and it's always good to see like looking back at those actors and going oh they look so young and then remembering yeah. they're actually like I think Buffy's actually 20 and Cordelia is actually about 27 or something <laughs> playing a 16 year old well yeah I mean wasn't wasn't Nick Brendan was like 40 even when he was doing the show wasn't he or something yeah it's good fun to go back and watch it so I have been watching a lot of stuff like that I've also been watching The Silo are you are you watching that yes that's superb yeah I haven't read the book Neither to do I. a comparison I would love to read the book as well I didn't even know it was a book but that, that makes sense it has that kind of feel but it has such a nice noir kind of crime thrillery feel yeah. to it whilst also having a sci-fi element that mm-hmm. I have to have in order to watch anything and I do like how they haven't I was worried they were going to drag everything out yeah but they do put the you know some of the reveals and things I mean I won't give any spoilers because it's a brand new series that hasn't finished airing yet but some of the things you're like oh they're going to spend like 55 episodes before they tell us what's outside no yeah. they don't do that they give you and they do it in a way that's really well done as well so mm-hmm. that you, we want other people to find things out we're kind of rooting for a particular outcome and watching them unravel it and i think i prefer that to shows that just kind of have this thing of oh there's something interesting outside watch five series and maybe we'll tell you or yeah. maybe it'll be like lost and we'll go for a writer strike and get very confused and then try and bring it back again <laughs> and it feels like it's going to be something that's much more condensed with a, a solid beginning middle and end yes um then yeah then something is going to go on five series before yeah. they tell us the answer to the question they've set up with the title yeah and there's something that apple does very well actually is is mm. they do tend to do shorter runs of shows you know like sea was what three seasons and they tend to have sort of plans of beginning middles and ends for wrapping things up and given this is based on a book series i suspect that will be the case for this it's not something that's going to go on forever it's not something that they're going to try and drag out they will tell the story as it needs to be told and it's what makes it decent quality tv i've been really enjoying the first season of that uh mm. I, I think it's you know there's as i say they do sort of reveal bits but they don't reveal everything so there's enough still in there for you to be able to go i want to know more and it kind of pushes the motivation of them finding out more and so yeah i it's just really well put together as a sort of yeah you know, like it's say. really well filmed the world building mm-hmm. is extremely solid you get a real feel for what the society is is like and how they're operating i liked a lot of the use of color and things in it as well they've mm-hmm. Managed to make it still feel alive, but at the same time, everything is quite dark because they're in a silo. They have limited electricity. It's yeah. you know they are underground, um, but they've managed to still make it feel like it's a, a thriving place that's full of life, and they answer a lot of questions you might have. So it does show you how people live in various rungs of society. It does show you, oh, but you know, you, you can't get more raw materials in. They're a closed system because yeah. they're in a silo. So what happens to people's stuff? You know, and it's like, okay, yeah. so when people pass away, their stuff is recycled, it's passed on. You don't keep things if you're not using them. There's a lot of recycling and um, fixing of items. There's a very well-planned and a lot of effort put into making it believable yeah, and making it feel complete and making it interesting to look at with variety, despite the fact that, you know, they're all just living in a metal tube. Yes. 
I've been really impressed by that. I think they've done a really solid job of putting that show together. And, uh, you know, mm. but it's hallmark of kind of Apple's stuff. As we said before, it's one of those streaming services that, yes, it is an additional streaming service. It's what, six ninety nine or something or five ninety nine. But there are a million and one places where you can go and get free months of it, for starters. And although it doesn't have the widest selection, it has the highest quality selection of shows of any of the streaming services. You know, mm. I mean... Severance is Apple as well, isn't it? Yes, Severance is an Apple show. Because um, that's another one I'm just absolutely chomping at the bit to have a, another season of because it's so well-crafted. Yeah. I thought C was a really good show. You've got Morning Show on there, which is great. Uh, Ted Lasso, obviously, if you're looking out for comedies. There's just a really good selection of quality dramas, really decent comedies, wide variety of stuff on there. And it's all really well thought through, decent high quality shows because i was watching one on there this time around which i just randomly kind of picked up there's a mini series called the last thing he told me which i sort of heard a few people saying oh that's really really good so i thought oh well i give it a try got completely sucked into it and i can't really give a, a huge synopsis of it because it gives too much away but it's effectively this little family unit it's got a woman called hannah who is stepmother to a girl called Bay and she is married to this guy who's played by Nikolai Costa-Waldu, who's the guy that played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. He goes off to work, there is an incident, and he disappears. And it then becomes about why he has disappeared, what has actually happened, this relationship sort of which is kind of tenuous between Bailey the daughter and Hannah the stepmother. And it becomes this sort of big mystery that gradually unfolds over the course of seven episodes. It is a miniseries, so it's not got continuations going on after it, but a solid seven episode, well-crafted, well-shot drama. And there's a lot of that sort of stuff on Apple TV. It's well worth picking it up for all the various shows that are on there. Anything else you've been doing, watching? I've been playing a little to the left. I've completed that now. Ah, Which okay. is a very relaxing, chilled puzzle game. Oh, so it's all lovely. in muted tones and it's got lovely music. It's also got a cat that occasionally comes and messes your puzzles up and things. But I actually saw that they've got a DLC coming out, which is all about sorting objects into drawers and arranging things. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? That's actually just really nice. I've been ill, a bit stressed. A bad, my, my brain it's can nice. cope with at the moment. <laughs> it's tidying. It's something that I don't enjoy at all in real life. But if unpacking taught me anything, I really like doing that when it's not real. So I picked up the the base game and it's just lovely you're just doing these puzzles some of them are arranging objects into a symmetrical pattern or figuring out which way they need to be arranged if it's in terms of colors or lining something up or moving these boxes around so a little cat will jump up them like a little ladder and um <laughs> Uh, just really lovely and relaxing little indie game. And I'm looking forward to the DLC for that one. So that was nice. How about you? What have you been watching and playing? Well, apart from last thing he told me, I have actually got to the end of uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, or at least the main story of it. I mean, I've not 100% completed it. There are still lots of things I could go and run around. Uh, there is quite a, I mean, I, you know, the bugs in this game have been well documented. There is one specific bug which completely blocks an entire quest line, which is mildly annoying. There is the- Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't stop you completing the game, but it's one of the side quests which has to do with going after bounties and bounty hunters. Because obviously you're playing a Jedi, so there are bounty hunters that are coming to try and look for you and take you down. And there is a character that is in the bar that you frequent and go back to, and she's supposed to give you updates to like these bounty hunters and where they are so you can go and have a battle with them have a nice chat I don't know uh, but, uh, <laughs> a nice chat but with long sticks yes but with long sticks there is an issue that you get this bug when you first meet that character she will go back to the bar but then won't give you any of the follow up missions so I've not completed any of that bit of that quest line because it's completely locked to me at the moment even though the character is there 
there, she won't talk to me to give me the additional missions. So that's kind of frustrating. Uh, though, I mean, it sort of means that there is some more content that I can dive back into at some point when they've actually got around to fixing that. I can go and play through that section, I guess. But overall, the main storyline I found really enjoyable and I've not really had any issues with it crashing so much once they put the first couple of patches in on PC. I mean, it should never have launched in the state it launched in. I think that's fair to say. It's difficult to recommend a AAA game at the £60-£70 price point as it is for depending what version you buy. It's kind of hard to completely recommend it given the state that it was in. But I will say that I think the storyline, the acting, you know, the action, the running around collectibles and the environments and all that sort of stuff, I think they've done a really good job with. I just wish they'd actually done some proper bug fixing before they'd released the thing. But yes, that I have been really enjoying. On the TV side of things, two finales, one which is Mrs. Maisel, which is an entire series finale, which I think they ended beautifully. The final season, which wasn't actually originally planned to be the final season. They knew it was the final season going into it, but it wasn't the Paladino's decision to actually end it on season five. It was Amazon's apparently said, because it is an expensive show to make, because it's doing a lot of stuff in terms of the CGI that you don't see because it's set in 1960s, 1950s America so there's a lot of kind of altering and deleting things and that sort of stuff however given that they did know that the fifth season was going to be the final season going into it they have done a really nice job in crafting that final season and there's flashbacks there's flash forwards you get to see relationships end in a really nice way very very well put together and um, a, a solid end to the arc of that show and I, I really love that show from start to finish it's incredibly funny and well worth watching Citadel also had the finale of its uh, first season and that I think Amazon are going to be breathing a sigh of relief because they're building an entire what they're referring to as a spyverse off that Citadel show this is the series that has Richard Madden in it and Priyanka Chopra Jonas as well as the female lead and it is a big silly over-the-top spy conspiracy thing. Uh, It's sort of Mission Impossible meets Bourne Identity because the idea is that these lead characters, they work for this international spy agency, something goes wrong, they have their memories wiped, and while she gets her memory back, he doesn't. The agency that they worked for had collapsed, and who is responsible for that collapse, and is there a spy in their midst, and was there a double agent and all that? sort of stuff it's very silly it's very over the top but thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable and well worth watching and i think amazon obviously very happy with the numbers and they are building quite interestingly a larger what they're calling this spyverse but the spin-off shows are done internationally by local companies in their local language. So there is one that's been shot in Italy. There is one that's been shot in India. The second one is called Citadel Diana, and that one's the Italian one. There is an Indian one coming afterwards as well. So they're with well-respected local companies that they're doing it with well-respected actors from those areas it's very much an amazon global thing and it's kind of one of the few things that well i mean i suppose netflix could do something like this but it's something that you can see how amazon can do this quite well there is a second season of them this original show coming as well they announced that but i think they've created something quite interesting there of this sort of uh, big spy verse that they're making with that that's worth going to check out if you've got a prime subscription And the other thing that I looked at was American Board Chinese, which is a new show on Disney+. It is based on a graphic novel. It's sort of based around the Chinese monkey mythos, Journey to the West. A lot of it is sort of that background. In this particular iteration... It is the the son of the monkey god, and he has landed on Earth. He's searching for something called the Fourth Scroll. He believes that this American teenager is his guide, so he ends up at school with this American teenager, and this kid that has been befriended by this son of this mythical god has no idea what he's talking about. And so it, it becomes this kind of interesting, fun thing with this god in the real world. It's full of action. 
full of the very over-the-top Chinese kung fu kind of things in there as well. It's got a really good cast. It's uh, Ben Wang, I think, is is one of the leads. Michelle Yeoh is in there as well. Ki Hu Kwan, he's in there too, um, although in a, quite a minor role in this. But really good and fun and very, very enjoyable. I'm about halfway through the first season of that. So a lot of people involved in everything, everywhere, all at once that pop up in this. Which Have you seen that film? Because it's... I still haven't seen it. I've been too <laughs> ill have... to appreciate it. And you I refuse really have to, to squander something that amazing when I'm half paying attention. Yes, you need to go and check out that. And then I know. American Born Chinese, I think you would quite enjoy as well. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, awful lot of fun that as well. I think you probably quite enjoy Citadel too, to be honest, because mm. uh, just very, very silly, over the top, not something that you do have to focus on too much either. So you know. yeah, well, I grew up watching a lot of the original Mission Impossible and Man from Uncle and those kind of things that you know were had had some good some good humour and over the topness going on. Yes, definitely, lots of good stuff for you could go and check out. As I say, if you're not looked at Citadel, go and check that out. American born Chinese definitely worth looking at if you've. Got Apple, last thing he told me, definitely worth looking at. And Silo is superb as well. Mm. That's all the stuff we have been up to in the last couple of weeks. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On the TV and film news this week, uh, there are actually rarely no cancellations or things coming to an end. Uh, there's a few renewals, though. As I mentioned, Citadel, that's been renewed for a second season. Citadel Diana, which is the Italian-based spin-off, 2024, that is going to land. The Family Stallone, that's been renewed for a second season on Paramount+. Plus. The Madame Blanc Mysteries has been renewed by uh, a whole host of people. It's Acorn, Channel 5, and AMC Networks are involved in that, so that's coming back. I literally just told you, which is the Jimmy Carr series, that's been renewed for Season 3 by Channel 4. ITV have renewed The Bay for Season 5. And the BBC announced a bunch of new and renewed comedies, but the renewed ones are Bad Education, that's coming back, Ramesh Ranganathan's series Avoidance, that's coming back, Diane Morgan's Mandy, that's returning, Peacock, which I think they trialled three episodes of, but they've picked that up for a six-part series as well, so that's coming. And Ellie and Natasha has got new seasons coming as well. So there's lots of new comedy coming to the BBC. There's a couple of air dates as well, which is the Goldbergs finally, E4, have found some time in their busy schedule amongst reruns of Crocodile Dundee they've been doing recently. Season 10 of The Goldbergs is landing on the 5th of June. That's at 7.30. So uh, there's that to look out for. And Sweet Magnolias Season 3, that's coming to Netflix on the 20th of June as well. A couple of little news stories. Prime Video has ordered another graphic novel adaptation. This is called Butterfly and it's from and starring Daniel Day Kim. It's another spy show as well, interestingly, given that we've just been talking about Citadel over there. It follows David Jung, who is played by Daniel Day Kim, an enigmatic, highly unpredictable former US intelligence operative living in South Korea. Jung's life is blown to pieces when the consequences of an impossible decision from his past come back to haunt him, and he finds himself pursued by Rebecca, a deadly sociopathic young agent assigned to kill him. That's the setup for it. It's based on a comic book from Boom Studios. Ken Rudruff, who worked on Mentalist, Gotham and La Brea, is going to be showrunner and is co-creator of the series, alongside interestingly crime fiction novelist Steph Cha, who I don't think has any other TV credits as far as I can see, but it's based on a 2015 graphic novel. Um, I, I don't know that novel at all. I don't know whether you've come across it, but it seems like, it sounds like something that could no, make an interesting TV. I know TV. Boom Studios, but I don't know 
butterfly at all. I'm going to have to do some research into that one. Yeah, I think that sounds like it could be quite a, a decent setup for a, a show. It, it sounds a little bit Killing Eve. You've sort of got like a, a spy with a sort of deadly sociopathic young agent sent to kill him. But anyway, that's called Butterfly. They are making that with Daniel Day Kim. The BBC comedies that they announced, there is a new one from David Mitchell, which is called Ludwig, which is David Mitchell sort of taking up two roles. So John Ludwig Taylor's identical twin, which is James Taylor, disappears off the face of the earth. John takes his brother's identity in a quest to discover his whereabouts. John has never married, never had a family, never really ventured further than his own front door. Without a computer, mobile phone, or even a television, he leans quiet solitude, designing puzzles for a living under the nom de plume Ludwig. This genre-bending detective series follows full-time Luddite John Ludwig Taylor as he he assumes the identity of his missing twin brother in a bid to track him down and bring him home. That's the setup for it. I think this sounds like it could be quite good fun and a sort of silly, entertaining take on a detective drama starring David Mitchell in the lead role, who's always wonderful. So I quite like the sound of that. It sounds very British dramery to me. Yeah, I love the fact that if you weren't quite listening, someone who's taking over the life of their identical twin, which happens to work in the police force to find out why the other person has vanished, sounds almost like an elevator pitch for the first couple of episodes of Orphan Black. But clearly, yes. it's not the same thing whatsoever and i'm quite enjoying how two things that could possibly sound like the same thing are going to be in no way remotely related at all yes Uh, but i I like david mitchell's particular dry sarcastic british approach to comedy so i'll definitely be checking this out yes uh so that one's called ludwig that's what to look out for there's one called spent which stars michelle de swartz as mia a catwalk model who is on the run mainly from herself long term it's a story of personal renewal but for now the stark reality is that her career is over she's flat broke and homeless this is a woman who despite her humble beginnings has become accustomed possibly even addicted to the finer things in life unfortunately those lifestyle choices don't carry much currency when she's pushing 40 and permanently sofa surfing she may have a highfalutin attitude and a world-class skincare regime but Mia's now living on the breadline that one's called spent not entirely sure that one's for me i don't know the actress particularly i don't think so you know well i'll have to wait and see with that but that's called spent there is one called mammoth which is a comedy about a man of his time called tony mammoth played by mike bubbins he's a pe teacher who's presumed to have been killed in an avalanche on a school trip in 1979 when his body is discovered decades later in the present day mammoth is miraculously brought back from the dead and has to try to rebuild his life as a pe teacher in modern day cardiff I, I wasn't there a comedy movie in the 80s about a caveman California man California yes man. or Encino man one. as it was known in America yes yeah it's very California man and I, I'm disturbed that 1979 is, is equivalent to the Stone Ages in this version yes Encino man which stars two Oscar winners because it's Brendan Fraser was the lead in that mm-hmm. And Ki Hee Wan, who picked up an Oscar as well for Everything Everywhere, was also in that film as well. So it's now got two Oscar-winning actors who worked on that movie, which really makes me laugh. But yes, it does sound somewhat similar to that as a setup. But uh, I think there may have been... It went out as a comedy short or something. I think there was a version of this that went out. So there may be clips of it running around, but they've ordered it as a full series now. So uh, that's Mammoth. And the last thing is called Dinosaur, which stars Ashley Story as Nina, an autistic woman in her 30s, adores her life living with her sister and her best friend Evie. Yet when Evie rushes into an engagement after only six weeks and makes Nina her maid of honour, Nina is flawed, forced to reconcile with her sister's impulsive decision. Nina grapples with what this new challenge means, leading to a surprising journey of self-discovery. So that's the setup for that one. Again, it's difficult to tell really directly with that setup and i don't really know the actress but um that's called dinosaur that one as well so yeah i think there's a couple of interesting looking ludwig and mammoth i think particularly sound 
quite interesting out of that group. There was a little bit of Doctor Who news as well, which is Anidra Varma is returning to Doctor Who because uh, she, well, I don't think she was actually in Doctor Who. She was in Torchwood previously, but uh, she's taking up a new role when Shooty Gatwa takes over as the 15th Doctor. She's going to be one of the many guest stars that are appearing in that series. And she's playing a character called the Duchess, who we know nothing more about other than Russell T. Davis says a whole new audience will be hiding behind their city when the Duchess unleashes her terror. So clearly she's playing some sort of villainous character, which, I mean, he's great because Indra Varma is superb at playing whatever she turns her hand to, really. But I think she'll be uh, she'll be particularly good in the villainous role. So, yes. Yeah, villain roles in Doctor Who are kind of the most fun ones to play as Absolutely. well, right? <laughs> yeah, they've got some really interesting guest stars coming up for the new season as well. So I, I think that's going to be uh, quite good fun. As I say, she was in Torchwood, but this, of course, wouldn't be the first time that they've reused actors I mean, Peter Capaldi himself, who went on to be the Doctor, appeared in an episode, and Freema Ajman appeared in episodes as somebody else. Karen Gillian appeared in episodes as somebody else as well. So, you know. Yeah, we had the whole kind of like, oh, no, that was my cousin that worked in that building (laughs) with the Cybermen. We just look really similar. Yes. And uh, Karen Gillian was in the Pompeii episode. She was one of the characters sort of in the background. She had some uh, sort of dramatic... Yeah. makeup on her face yeah they, they really do have a tendency to just sort of like put someone in the background or a small speaking role and then go actually you come back <laughs> yes reusing people is not uncommon in the universe so yeah I'm just happy to see her back on screen again and, and back in who so I think that will be wonderful I think uh, I'm really looking forward to well not only the return of David Tennant I think those three episodes are going to be great but also Shooty taking over as the 15th Doctor because they seem to have got a lot more money behind it for this new season and you've got Russell T Davis coming back so we know what the writing's likely to be like I'm really really excited for this when it returns I'd fallen off the bandwagon a little bit when it came to Doctor Who recently but I did really like Russell T Davis's run so I think I might try and get back into it again yes I think it's such a genius move putting David Tennant who arguably of the new Doctors has been the most popular I think is fair to say to put him in for three episodes and use that as a jumping off point when you're sort of relaunching it once again and to bring Russell back for the relaunch because although it's staying on the BBC in the UK internationally it's going out on Disney Plus so it's got those Disney dollars behind it as well as the BBC and you've got Bad Wolf involved so it's the team that did the original Russell run I'm really really interested to see what they do with this I think it's yeah. going to be great I mean some people may say hey they're just doing that to get more bombs on seats and I'll be like yes and it's working yeah so absolutely <laughs> you could be as cynical as you like with that one it's absolutely going to work because we all want to see it yeah no totally it's like well how's David Tennant back so I mean the people that have been following it will be like okay that's going to be interesting we'll have to see that and then shooty i think he's going to be really really good in the role so i think it's it's a really clever way of a soft relaunch of the whole franchise and to bring it to a wider audience so i think reinventing itself is exactly what doctor who does they've done it from the first time they wanted to swap the doctor to somebody else and um yeah they can just keep reinventing it and change as much of it as they like and i will dip into it again and see if i like this new stuff if not i'll carry on watching the older stuff yes exactly that comes back in november i think it is for the david Tennant stuff and then shooty i think appears in that run a little bit and then he's first properly introduced in the Christmas episode so there's a Christmas special this year and then it's a full season next year lots of stuff to look forward to with Doctor Who that's all the news we've got for this week just some highlights for next week on TV So, highlights for next week. We have Good Trouble Season 5. That's coming on the 30th of May to Disney+, Plus, so you can keep an eye out for that. Single Drunk Female Season 2. That's coming to Disney+, Plus on the 31st as well. Who Do You Think You Are? The Genealogy Series on the BBC. That's landing for its 20th season. That's on the 1st of June at 9pm. Manifest returns for its final set of episodes. That's on the 2nd of June on Netflix. Queen of the Universe, The 
drag competition. It's a singing drag competition. This one, just to differentiate it from all the other like RuPaul drag competitions. This is coming to Paramount Plus on the 3rd of June. The Sam Levinson series, The Idol, which has been getting quite a lot of press. It's from Sam Levinson and The Weeknd stars Liddy Rose Depp in the lead role as a sort of young singer that gets wrapped up in the sort of everything that goes along with that in the music industry. Coming to Sky Atlantic on the 5th of June, that is The Idol. And Somebody Somewhere, season two of that comedy, lands on the 6th of June at 9pm on Sky Comedy. That's all the stuff for next week. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you? Yeah, I can be found as Trista Bites on all the social medias. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. I've also got a collection of interviews and things up on YouTube over the years. Uh, some that I was doing for my channel, some that I've done for other channels. You should be able to find there that's Trista Bites on YouTube and I stream every week over on twitch.tv slash Trista Bites as well if you'd like to pop by we just hang out we chat we've recently been making some tier lists of things it's National Biscuit Day so the next one might be a tier list of biscuits (laughs) just because why not (laughs) not? Um, yeah it's just uh, a place to hang out and hopefully be entertained for a few hours on your weekdays and also if you uh, really want to you can now find me over on Jinx TV on Sky 45. Yes. Because um, they have actually put me on that television thing now. And uh, I have a small show that I did for them, which is called Technically Speaking, where I was paid to throw a very nice Western Digital solid state drive at a concrete floor to see if it would survive the drop test it said it would on the box. There you go. Yes, uh, I, I have seen some of the uh, Technically Speaking episodes. They are very good and very entertaining. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> yes, that's Jinx TV. It's Jinx with a G, isn't it? That's, it is. Yes, uh, but you can go and find that. I think they're up online as well, some of those episodes. So for everywhere else, it's Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. So go and find Bex over there. For other people involved in the show, you can, of course, find Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts. I don't know whether they're still playing the football season, but I'm sure there'll be some moaning from about Man U on there as well. And uh, Daryl, who is uh, over on HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series that you love, which are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geekdown.co.uk throughout the week and see the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geekdown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, on Instagram at geektownuk, and on TikTok at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.